Welcome to the Guest X Podcast, where my co-host Brian Hamawi and I uncover the latest technologies and human-driven initiatives that are raising customer expectations and forever changing how we define customer experience across a host of industries. If you are passionate about creating incredible content and unique experiences, join us as we talk to leading product and experience experts across the globe and learn about how today's most successful brands are setting themselves apart from the competition. Welcome and happy Friday to the Guest happy X Good Podcast. Friday. Happy Good Friday. It is a special Good Friday. Happy Good Friday, the Guest X Podcast. Uh, Matthew Loney here with, my, well, my co-host, Mr. Guest Experience, Brian Hamali. Brian, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good Friday. Yeah, yeah, it is Good Friday. It's apparently not nearly as good of a Friday for us as it is for. By the way, our first repeat repeat guest on the Guest X podcast. Uh, we've never had that before. But Sarah T from UTIP, who is was nice enough on her Good Friday to be joining us from the Keys. Sarah, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I think that Good Friday, we should only be doing good things and saying good things and thinking good thoughts. So putting awesome. Putting good things, yeah, good thoughts out there into the universe. We are thrilled to have you. For those who maybe don't, have not had a chance to listen, I'd encourage you, maybe hit pause, go back and listen to, I believe it was in our Focus Right series brian when uh sarah what was that 2021 yeah fall right in fort lauderdale yeah fall of 2021 we're going to be back there actually focus right europe in about what about 60 days or so but but um sarah and her company utip won uh well first they were named top 25 hot startup by focus wire which then gets you into the summit, which was, I think, the Innovate Summit. The Innovate was the theme last year, where they won the most innovative startup of the year award, which was, I mean, is incredible. And in a weird kind of tie, I think Noise Aware, who we just had on a couple of weeks ago, Sarah, did they win the award or were they, were they, what was the tie there? Uh, they were in the list. They yeah, were in the hot top They were in that top 25 hot list. So, I mean, you know, you can, you can call guests the Guest X podcast kingmakers, Brian, I guess. Is that is that what we're going to probably pretty, that, pretty soon? Was, we're like YC. We're like hard. Combinator. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like it. I'm yeah. <laughs> telling you, it's where companies go to just take off. Uh, but no, they, seriously, this is um, it, really incredible. And, and, and I should tell people that Sarah and I have had the chance a, a number of times since we really got to sit down at focus right to just I've followed along with the company what they're doing is absolutely incredible so um Sarah thank you again we're, we're thrilled to have you oh thank you guys it's an honor yeah no well well I don't know about that but I I will but we'll take it but Brian Brian and I have to take whatever uh whatever praise we can get uh, <laughs> well, especially when you have really smart people in the room that's right that's, that's right right um so Sarah Flattery will get you everywhere. That's right. That's right. Tara, it's good Friday. We'll it is, there you go. Sarah, maybe start by just giving everybody again a, a real quick overview of UTIP's technology, what you guys are bringing to the world, I guess of fintech, 
um, but really to hospitality in particular, what what the what your technology is doing, and then what things have maybe been like since um, since you won, you won at Focus Right and and what you've been working on since. Okay, great. Uh, UTIP was developed um, as Matt calls it sometimes a COVID company because we started in uh, right in the middle of COVID actually and became um, a solution that was really a um, you know a buzz because of all the contactless and cashless um, technologies or, or needs that were out there for our industry. But really, this is a, a problem. The the problem that we have um, aimed to solve here is a problem that's been happening even long before COVID. And that is tipping when you don't have cash. So say you're, you know, uh, going to park your car and you don't have cash to tip the valet, or you want to, you stayed uh, up in Dustin for a week at a, um, a nice vacation rental and you wanted to tip the, the housekeepers, but you didn't have any cash. So all these different scenarios, we've all been there. Some of us have maybe even been on the recipient end of not getting that tip. So it's definitely a problem. And I couldn't help but think during COVID um, and now that could it be also contributing to our labor issues, all the labor issues that we have in our industry um, and people leaving it to go to other industries that don't necessarily have tips. Mm. Like think about all the hospitality folks that are going to Amazon uh, for the 25 plus an hour, no tips, but it's solid. You know, whereas before maybe they worked in a resort as a valet parking attendant and they really relied on those tips. I mean, it used to be really hard to get a valet job. Yeah, you'd make some great money. But, you know, a lot of cash is going away. And I wonder how many times it's like, you know, oh gosh, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said, sorry, you don't have any cash. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. We should do a contest like that somewhere. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So we are a tech enabled solution that can solve for this. So for the for the uh, problem of discretionary tipping, and when I say discretionary tipping, it's those instances where you don't have an opportunity to fill in on a check, uh, the tip, which then gets charged, you know, on your credit card, like at a restaurant, for example. This is those discretionary moments where you either already paid for something like a vacation rental or a boat excursion ride in, in the Keys or something like that. But then now you've had that experience, hopefully it was a really positive experience, and then now you want to leave a tip. So, you know, as consumers, as we um, evolve more and more into the tech age, we're not carrying cash anymore. We're barely even carrying credit cards. Everything's on here, even our brain, <laughs> right? Yep. So, I mean, thinking about like the technology of, of what we're using now and what's coming, um, you know, Apple Pay, GPay, proximity payments and, and things like that, and being able to tie it into the operational challenges that we have in hospitality. It's is very important. interesting. Matt and I had a, an experience in Fort Lauderdale the day before we met you, I think. Was that, was that right, Matt? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Right. No, it was. You're right. I, I know. Yep, yep. And um, we... Basically, I was at LA. I didn't have any cash on me. Got my truck. Felt really bad. At the Focus Rate conference. Well, well, hold on. You tried to get cash, and you went in, and the ATM at the hotel was broken. Was broken. Yep. Yeah. They, they didn't have any cash in the ATM machine. Well, you're or better than me. You even went. You went to go and try to find that ATM. I would just been like, I'm too busy. Sorry. I'll yeah. No. And I came, and I was like, dude, I will send you some money. 
give me, and I don't know if it was Venmo or what it was. And um, so then, so we send them some cash after that. And, and I said to Matt, I was like, you know, that was one of those instances that was very awkward because if you do a job, I want to tip you, I want to recognize you. And then we come to find out on the show the next day that they shouldn't actually be take, taking tips. Um, it's not legal. Um, and so talk to us about the process behind UTIP because that's, that's actually really interesting. Most people don't know that tipping using a system like a Venmo isn't really set up or meant to be a, a tipping mechanism. It is just a transfer of cash. And yeah. there are some regulations around that. Absolutely. And, you know, even myself, I um, am uh, guilty of that, even like before you tip, right? Like, and I've been a Venmo user. I've always been an early adopter of these kind of technologies, Instacart, Venmo, stuff like that. And I remember I've, I've been a user since um, 2000, was it 2013 that they came out, I think. Um, but anyway, my point is I've been, uh, been using Venmo for so long where people, some people had it, some people didn't. Now it's very ubiquitous. Everybody has it, but it's a peer-to-peer app, right? And so by that, it was meant for peers uh, to be able to exchange money or, you know, be able to transfer money instantly. But, you know, both parties have to have that app and both parties have to be able to know some information about each other to be able to make that exchange. For example, you need to know their phone number or their Venmo handle or their you know email address or something like that to be able to do that. They've even put in some more security measures lately because I actually experienced or saw this firsthand in Nashville a couple of weeks. My friend Brandon was, we were at a business meeting at a hotel and he parked his truck and he was Venmoing the attendant to... Um, to give him a tip. And he did it. We walked over and he's like, oh, wait, it's telling me uh, I need your last four of your phone number. Cause like, you know, two factor authentication or things like that, you know, because it's meant for peers, for people that know each other to be able to do it. So for example, like maybe, you know, splitting you a up, check. you guys go, yeah, splitting yep. a check or, or paying for um, sending your kids money or whatever, but that's what it was meant for. But that's not the point. The point is People aren't intentionally trying to break the law. They just know it as a, a as a means to be able to transfer money, right? A quick way to transfer money. It's easy. I mean, people are taking payments for it. Like, you know, you, you see people here, independent business owners and stuff like that. They'll say, you know, pay with Venmo. And, um, and it wasn't until recently that they have made it, you know, where uh, businesses can really truly use it to pay for goods and services. But My point is it wasn't meant for that, but it's also awkward because if you think about, you know, technology and the way it's built and all the, all the things around it, you know, how Venmo has a feed and you can see people's feeds and stuff. When I would tip people before, I didn't realize that I would see their feed and all the different various things that they spend money on and who and all that. I mean, that's a, that is a little awkward. It's a little awkward. (laughs) It's not even awkward. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, So Anyway, what UTIP does is we've created an enterprise solution to, to being able to quickly send money to someone and without knowing, without having to know all that information about them and, and doing it in a quick way and having that trust in transaction where you know that it's going to go to the right people um, and, and, and not just like somebody's you know random Venmo code or something there, right? Um, so that's what we we set out to create using all those things. And then also the other part of it is to in these enterprise organizations, there's tip, tip rules, right? So take the valet parking example again. 
most valet parking operations, they pool their tips. So if one individual were to take tips to Venmo, how do those tips get split, you know, and all that? It becomes kind of messy. So our solution, UTIP, takes all of those different factors into account. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And I think one of the things that we're going to touch on pretty heavily today is what it actually does for people's brands and experiences. Because, you know, people think about tipping, but they don't think about the consequence it has or the effects it has on the people that work in your brand or your, your company, the effect that it potentially has on your customers, um, and, and how it really can improve your business. Um, I know as a property manager, I'm looking at implementing um, a, a tipping experience, partially because, you know, my, my cleaners want to earn more money. And one of the ways for them to do it is to earn tips. I want to give them the ability to earn tips. Now, they don't see the customers in vacation rentals like they see it at hotels. So it's a very different transaction. So I need to bridge that gap using technology. What that means for me, though, is that if I enable tipping inside of the unit, my cleaners should take more care and produce a much better quality clean than just a regular cleaner, which then gives the guest a really good customer experience and then in turn improves my brand in general. Because if my cleaners care about my homes because they're going to earn extra revenue and then my customer ends up with a very satisfied with the clean, my brand is ultimately going to be the one that's going to be beneficial from that whole experience. So let's talk about how you guys have thought about tipping and the effects it could have on, on the experience side, uh, because I think it's a fascinating uh, thought process. So um, let's just take the money part out of it for, for a minute here, right? Take the, the, the monetary part out of it. And let's think about what tipping truly does for people. And when I say people, everyone involved the guest that's tipping, the employee that's receiving the tip, and the business that is, you know, being the, the venue, or I guess, for, for all of this to even happen. And so when you think about, um, let's think about tipping in the form of, or let's just think about metrics, metrics on how you measure um, the guest satisfaction, the employee satisfaction, um, even the, the business owners, like, you know, experience and satisfaction. Um, all, everyone kind of has their own thing for what they're, what, 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 um, would satisfy them or what would give them a great experience. Right. But if you think about tipping and the power of it and how it's, how it's meant, tipping is a form of payment, right? But it's the only form of payment where the tipper decides the price should be anyway, discretionary. Right. I mean, yeah, there's some rules or not rules, but like, you know, guidelines like 15, 20%, whatever, um, stuff like that. By the way, look up after you guys are done. Celebrity best and worst tippers. Pretty interesting. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good blog post for you tip right there. Yeah. 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 So uh, anyway, uh, my point is that the power of tipping has a, 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 as a metric is, you know, we're, we're conditioned to um, as a society now and as, as an industry to always push surveys. You want to know how satisfied your guests are. You want to know how satisfied your employees are. Send in an employee survey, send in this survey, you know, all that stuff with, you know, used to be a couple questions. Now I feel like there's six pages of survey questions. Now I, I personally don't, I, I don't even do, do them. I may have had a, an amazing experience, but I just, you know, um, not going to do it. So 
there's that for a metric, right? But then if you look at tipping, tipping is, or, or sorry, what I was going to say, reviews. Do we push for surveys and we push for reviews as an industry? You know, gosh, how many times I've seen like, oh, leave us a review on TripAdvisor. Here's a TripAdvisor card. Oh, you know, uh, please, please go to TripAdvisor. I can get a bonus out of it if you do, you know, all this stuff. It just doesn't seem natural. And it's like, the people sometimes, I, I just feel like the metrics are kind of not a good representation because, um, you know, you always hear about people that go and leave reviews. Usually it's a negative review, right? Because of that emotion that you struck up with them so much that they want to you know, let you know that and let the world know that. So it's a negative review where sometimes people had an amazing and positive review, but they're just, you know, like me, I'm too lazy to go write a review sometimes, but I had a great experience. So then let's take tipping. And how tipping is, you know, could be a, a, a better metric or an additional added metric to the guest experience and satisfaction because it is discretionary. It is, you know, totally uh, discretionary, meaning totally up to the guest if they want to do it or not. They don't have to. And then also, if they're tipping, they probably most likely had a positive experience. And then the amount of the tip also, you know, dictates that too. But you can also tie in, in our application, it only takes a couple seconds to leave the tip. If you have Apple Pay, which is over 50% of our transactions, it's like less than five seconds. Uh, Most people save their credit cards in their browser. So it's, it's pretty fast. But my point is right after that transaction is done, it goes to another screen. And there's a space where you can, you know, take a rating and review or add, you know, ask a couple of survey questions, but real simple and easy, you know, right there. And you have a captive audience. You have somebody who just had a positive enough experience that they wanted to leave your staff a tip and now they can leave a review right there. And so anyway, just thinking about it from that standpoint and being able to get the data of like these guest experiences is amazing for the business but also now you can share those things. You can share those awesome comments and reviews. And by the way, you got a hundred bucks out of it with the tips and stuff. Share all those things with your staff to really boost that morale and um, get them motivated, maybe even competitive, right? Maybe you want to say, hey, who got the most tips this week or whatever and, and gamify it or something. But the power of tipping really goes beyond the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned too, and- this may be a little bit of an issue that the hospitality industry is is struggling with. Or one of the issues maybe that's causing the labor struggle that the hospitality industry is having right now. And obviously in, in lodging, that is very real. As we know, it also is in restaurants. And I do think the ability to put that into the hands of your employees and say, look, if you want to earn more, we're, we're going to bring this tip to try to really encourage people. And, and and it is somewhat now in your hands about how much money you can, you can earn and showing them the victories of, even if it's not them, maybe their peers that are working side by side, I do think makes that makes those roles more attractive. Cause I, I can tell you, I, I waited tables my way through law school. And the reason you did was because no one was going to pay me the, the effective hourly rate that I was earning waiting tables. Like I just wasn't worth it, but at waiting tables, I could over, you know, I could, um, I could really impress the, 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 um, 
the guests to the restaurant. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was at Applebee's and, um, I could go above and beyond and there was, there was value. There was money to be earned. And, and I think this is kind of cool too. I'd love you to talk, Sarah, a little bit about how you're continuing to improve the product because for me, I think at the time, you know, I'm in law school, it was real time, right? And, and so it was the immediate feedback of, I just made 20 bucks where, you know, getting paid every other week is fine now that I'm in my 40s. But at the time, I needed, I needed money tonight, like sometimes to get, from get home from the restaurant, I needed money. So, um, the bar. yeah, well, okay. Okay. Maybe yes. <laughs> On the way to the bar, that would have helped too. But, um, <laughs> but, but talk a little about that and what you're doing to, cause I don't think everybody also realizes that when you're tipping on credit card, you know, those employees are then waiting until that paycheck to actually see that money. Yeah, which some kind, most of the time it's bi-weekly, right? Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Right. So basically we went from cash, which was immediate, or at least at the end of that shift, right? To two weeks. It's a long time. And and um, you said you said something earlier about like um, earned. It stuck with me, the word earned. When we were growing up, when you were working at Applebee's and I was working at my parents' restaurant, you know, waiting tables to earning tips, we earned those tips, Right seeing that tip jar, you know, accumulate money and seeing like, you know, the larger uh, bill sizes and stuff there, that motivated me, that was, that pumped me up, right? So how do you replicate that experience? How do you replicate that experience of the real time or faster, right? Getting that as fast as cash, let's see, as fast as cash, but then also that motivation of seeing that cash. I was talking to um, a former bartender in Vegas uh, back in the good days or whatever, right? And he would talk about how he'd have like drawers full of cash and all this stuff and how he how he would um, say, go go into work and say, I'm gonna make $800 tonight. First of all, $800. And then that was in the 90s too. I'm like, oh my God, it's crazy, right? Yeah. But to think that you would get that that night and be able to walk out and go have a good time with it or whatever you want, right? So going back to the earned piece first, and then we'll talk about the timing of, of how fast you can get that, that those tips. Um, and the challenges that we can help solve there. But the earned part, I feel like all of a sudden our society has shifted the tipping paradigm and we didn't even have a chance to vote or say or give our opinion on what we wanted, how we wanted that paradigm to be changed. And what I mean by that, and you guys probably all have your own opinions about this, is what is it called? Some people call it tip shaming. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of shaming going on. There's like, there's just like all these different versions of shaming, but yes, there is tip shaming. Yeah. So in point of sale terminals now with the technology, you know, you're able to put in the, the percentage and tip amount you're able to prompt customers if they want to put that tip amount there so that they can charge included in their total charge. So you're seeing it everywhere. You go and buy coffee, you go and buy a sandwich, um, anything really, you're, you're seeing that everywhere. And some would say, well, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't want to pay, uh, leave a tip. I mean, that's a already a $6 coffee and all they did was just pour it, you know? So people have their different opinions about that or, or, or the latter. Some might say, oh, well, they were at Dunkin' Donuts and there was only one person behind there and they're busting their butt running around with a line full of people. I really want to tip them. So I see the pros and cons of both sides. But the way it's presented 
you have a cashier, they're right there, they flip it around or, or something, you know, you're, you're, you're having to do it right there. If you hit no tip, there's guilt now, just like the guilt when you have, when you don't tip, when you want to tip, you have guilt for not tipping because you don't want to tip. It's weird. It's like, yeah. when did this, I didn't get to vote on this. <laughs> it's also really interesting because, you know, I was thinking through one of the things that you said was tipping previously was cash and it was instant. Um, one of the things that's happened with technology is we are very used to being instant. We want instant gratification with everything instant, like now everything has to happen now, except with tipping. Tipping has actually come backwards with technology. Uh, so it's really interesting to see. So are you guys working on a product now that is going to give us the ability to shorten that window for people to be able to tip and then they'll be able to see that instant gratification now? Absolutely. We are. And we're so excited about it because of that. Um, you mentioned earlier, Matt, about like, oh, well, you know, I can't wait for that. I, I need that money. I need that money to get home. Yeah. Same problem now. In fact, it's probably worse because of gas prices. Yeah. People yep. don't live paycheck to paycheck. They live day by day. That's a matter of them making their rent, filling their gas tank, you know, getting childcare. It's really impactful. So, um, it's, it's definitely a, a, uh, one of our biggest missions to solve, and we're going to be doing it and, and speaking more about it um, in the coming months. But we're going to be able to help speed up that time of when the tip is dispersed from the guest to the actual uh, tip recipient, staff, the bartender, the valet attendant, the housekeeper, you know, and be able to bridge that gap. So we're going to be partnering with Visa Direct and utilizing real-time disbursements. That's actually really important because you guys are backed by Visa. You guys work directly with Visa. So you, UTIP is the entity, but the security behind that, I mean, you have a big brand backing you guys and helping you, which should bring comfort. And that's one of the things that people are always a little bit weary about, which is, well, you know, I'm going to use this app to send money through. I wonder if it's really ever going to get right. Is to it getting the there? Person. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real concern. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're doing, you know, when I go back to saying like, you know, we're a technology enabled solution is we're using the technology of Visa Direct, which is behind Venmo, PayPal, these peer to peer type of solutions and applying that to the enterprise um, issues that we have in tipping for the businesses. That's yeah. That is that is really cool. You before we wrap up, Sarah. One of the things I love about entrepreneurs is they're just so passionate. They're just so passionate about what they do. You and I had a chance to talk. I don't know. It was like a month or two ago. And you know, I, I'm not somebody. You know, probably because I haven't spent as much time thinking about it. Right. Um, so I've, I'm not as a passionate about tipping. Yeah, if you get me, if you want to talk about um, tours and attractions and people on vacation and leisure markets and what that means for lodging, like I could go for hours. And Brian usually is telling me, you know, I need to shut up. But uh, but but one of the things I love is you're passionate for it. So where is this? What's next, right? So there's this one making. Um, these funds more instantly available using visa direct as I guess the plumbing or the pipes, if you will, to, to really get this money quickly to where it needs to where to the people it was intended for. And in a format that's easy for them to turn around and use, because that's the other piece of 
cat that was great about cash. You shoved cash in your pocket and you took it down the road and you could instantly spend it at the gas station or Brian at the bar, right? As Brian has indicated where he spent his tip money. But that's really important too. So immediately available and then also the ability to quickly spend it in whatever format you have. What else, what else do you think is missing um, from some of these solutions as you look at maybe your technology roadmap and where you guys might be going? Sure, absolutely. So um, thank you for that compliment, by the way, that uh, I am very, very passionate about this, very passionate about our industry, but also about this because I see how it could really help um, transform things, uh, everything from, you know, people's uh, morale and, you know, their, their, their passion for the industry. And we, we want them to stay in industry. We want to attract people to come to work for hospitality and travel. And, and so this is really going to help make a difference, but the things that we're, we're, um, we're heading to next as well as, um, you know, in addition to the real-time disbursements is making this ubiquitous, making this accessible to everybody, you know, Anytime, anywhere you want to be able to express appreciation or, you know, have, have it, 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 it uh, available to motivate your staff, you know, we want it ubiquitous. Um, and so we've got big plans for how we're going to consumerize uh, UTIP, if that's even a word. The second thing is you mentioned about how, um, you know, we're helping them get the money faster than they were before now. And then now, now what, right? So money is so fast now. It's so fast to get it. I mean, not in this tipping sense, but I mean, like just in general, it's fast to get it. It's fast to spend it. You can spend it before you get it. There's all these like buy now, buy later, pay now, buy later, you know, all these things, thousands of different credit cards people can get, you know, all, all these things. So it's money is moving so fast. And if people especially in our industry with the challenges we have right now, if we're not able to um, make enough, you know, we're just constantly going to be going into debt, not even just as a society, but as individuals, right? So we really want to make it our mission to help the, uh, the industry and, t- and, and tipped workers also be able to manage that money better. And like, um, so be a financial wellness a solution for them and be able to do everything from, you know, from their wallet, their UTIP wallet too. So for example, if they need to send money to family overseas, you know, they would be able to do it with us. And we're going to advocate on behalf of them and try to get the best possible rates and the, you know, and, you know, if, if, if they're interested in doing other things, maybe micro investing or HSA contributions or saving for their kids' college funds, like being able to provide them these different tools to be able to do those things in a way that's that's going to really support and help them financially. So almost like, I think, oh, I, almost, you know, it's funny. Yeah. I had notes on that. I, I, after the show, I was going to ask you for plans on ways people could save money, because I think one of the things, especially when I was a server, one of the cool things was because it was cash, I would lose it. I'd lose it and then I'd find it. And then I'd be like, wow, I, I just found myself an extra 20, 30 bucks. It went into a tip jar, whatever it was. But I don't think that because it's because it's digital, you're just going to spend every penny that you have uh, and almost having a, a system or a way that you could set it up that would say 20, 30 percent of the cash that comes in from tips all of a sudden goes into some sort of maybe just a, a, a deposit. I can't touch that cash for the next 
10 years. And that money just grows and grows and grows. It doesn't really hurt you. We just can't touch it. At the end of those years, that money becomes significant. And I don't know that a lot of people do that exercise, but we set up a fund for our daughter and uh, very similar for school. We put away you know, a couple hundred bucks a month. By the time she's 15 years old, school's entirely paid off for university. It doesn't hurt our bank account, but it's a very similar system. Uh, and that would be really interesting. It's not just a tipping solution. It's a financial solution to help you guys make some extra cash, invest it the smart way. Yeah, that's really, it is really cool. Um, hey, Zara, so if people want to, oh, by the way, I, I did get this question the other day. I was telling somebody about UTIP and I, I didn't really know the answer. Because one of the things when you're on business trips too, there's no, I always hate turning in my ATM receipt because I didn't tip the whole 60 bucks, right? So it's like, I'm trying to remember, I was like $5 to the valet and I had this and I had this. If somebody's using UTIP across their business trip, is are they able to easily then some reporting on the back end so they can show, you know, valet or this person, you know, and, and um, you know, and so submit for reimbursement. How how does that work? I did, I did get that sure, question. Sure, absolutely. That's a great question because uh, it, it is. That's how much tipping is prevalent, right? Is that right. businesses allow tipping to be part of their expense reports? Yep. Anyway, for that, we absolutely can help with that. So when you you're done tipping, there's a way you can email that receipt to you. That's that's one way. We're also um, working on integrations with like the different expense type of systems, expense yeah, like certify. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And um, being able to send it to, to yourself that way too. So yes, there are definitely ways that you can track it. Um, that makes it a lot easier for expensing. It's really cool. Are you guys just based in the U S or you guys, how, where can people use this? We are based in the U S but our technology um, is able to be used globally. Um, however, tipping cultures. We're really focused on the U.S. market right now because it's like you don't have to convince anybody about this. Like it is part of our culture, whereas in other cultures, it's it's not quite yet. That's That's a topic for another day, Matt. I think we should talk about can this change the culture of tipping in other countries? Because I absolutely think it can. Yeah, you know, I I think you're right. And um, I don't think I knew. And and I do travel overseas quite a bit. I don't think I really knew that it's not part of the culture. I just yeah, keep tipping. Right. I just, I just we're keep we're tipping. Yeah. The it's not part of their culture. No, it's that. not. You're right. When we go to eat at restaurants, um, we, we just have to leave some money cause it's not, you know, it's not part of the receipt in a lot of the restaurants and, and things like that. I, um, so yeah, and that's probably about- why that's probably why people like me maybe more overseas. Yeah, but and then, but in turn, it's also why people don't like overseas people coming here. One of the big issues that uh-huh. we have is that, yeah, in the past, it was very hard to teach that culture for overseas people, international uh, travelers coming to the U.S. They just didn't get the concept. Part of the reason behind that is because they get paid higher salaries. I was going to, I was going to ask because we we always have like lower server wages. Although that's that's kind of becoming a little more of a thing of the past, I think, with COVID. But lower server wages and things, and we don't have we don't have nearly the social net, uh, if you will, around healthcare and things like that. Although Obamacare maybe a little bit changed that, but I still think there's this 
in America, there's this understanding that, you know, th- this service industry, this is their lifeblood. And, um, and I think there's a little bit, you do hear a little bit in the U.S. culture of, man, tipping is kind of feel, feels like at times it's expanded now to everything. I tip when I get my haircut. I tip when I, I tip, you know, I tipped the other day at Subway. I'm like, I just walked down the line. But then, you know, it occurs to me, I'm like, yeah, but think about the hourly wage. And I'm like, yep, you got it, you know, and it was the tip shamey, but I, I hit the the 20% button. And then I felt bad about the servers that I tipped 20%. I'm like, well, maybe that needs to go to 30%. I'm like, this could get very expensive, but, but yeah, it but, is interesting. But that's, so that's more marketing, right? Because typically in service industry, when I worked in it, something like a fast food service, I would have been okay tipping 10%. What they've done is that they've mentally prepared you for paying. You don't have the option of 18 or 10%. Your options are 18, 20, 25% or other. You're not gonna click other and then go backwards to 10 because they've just guilted you into doing a minimum of 18. (laughs) Rebecca, my wife, loves to tell me to stop tipping at the counter at Panera Bread 18% 18% for the same service that I would get full service at a restaurant. The psychology of tipping. Is there a book on that, Sarah? Have you ever seen? Oh, but I was just thinking about this morning, same brain. I was thinking about writing a blog post about that titled that. I think you should. I really do. I, yeah, I actually think it's a book. I bet you could do an, a study across industries. It is fascinating because there really is a psychology uh, of tipping. Okay. Hey, we, we've taken, we've probably taken way more time than we, than we should have, but it is a fascinating and you guys are changing this industry, Sarah. You ought to be so proud of yourself. It's not easy being a, a small startup entrepreneur and, um, it, it's amazing what you guys are doing. So if people, yeah. So if people want to get in contact, if they want to implement UTIP to help their employees, to help their, you know, help lessen maybe their labor strain right now, best way to do it is how? Contact us. Our website is UTIP, Y-O-U-T-I-P dot money and um, set us, um, send us an inquiry and we'll get you set up. It's awesome. Yep. People need to look at doing it. I think, I think it's a great way. And, and, the labor, I, I think there really is a piece of this that's going to really help with the labor solution. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us. We, we love having you. First ever repeat guest on the Guest X podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's it for this week's episode of Guest X. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X, podcast.com. And follow us on your favorite podcast app so you you never miss an episode. We are Mr. Guest Experience, Brian Hamawi and Matthew Loney signing off and reminding you to always create a customer experience worth talking about. This podcast is a hospitality.fm production.